Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to As a Woman, episode 98, The Semen Analysis. In this episode, we're talking all about male infertility and the evaluation that is required. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. So a couple quick things. One is that, hi, and two is that I'm really working hard to develop content over on YouTube. Some of these topics I think are really great with a visual as well, and YouTube really helps with that. So. If you are interested, you can go subscribe and check out the channel. Very easy, Natalie Crawford, MD. But today I wanted to dive in a little bit to male infertility, but specifically the semen analysis. Every time we talk about a semen analysis and we talk about male fertility, I find that this is another giant hole and gap in knowledge. So we're going to talk quickly about how sperm is made and what we are looking for with the semen analysis and a few pearls if you are trying to get pregnant, about male factor and what to look out for. The first thing to know is that male factor is the sole cause of infertility about 20% of the time. That's a rather high number, one out of five couples. It is a contribution 20 to 40% of the time. So that means there's a female and a male factor in 20 to 40% of cases. So sperm is really normal. And I'm going to put this right here at the start of the podcast. If you come see me or most fertility doctors and you say, I know it's not my partner. He's had kids before. He's fine. I know the problems with me. I'm going to say no. I am not going to treat you without his evaluation also. And I've had patients get really upset at this because one, I think women like to take the blame for problems. Two, they don't want to inconvenience their partner. But three, it is important to evaluate the entire couple, not just the female partner. And I'm a stickler on that because I don't want you to be paying for treatment, spending your time, wasting your effort. If there happens to be something wrong with the sperm and ovulation induction was never going to work or surgery was never going to work. So I think it's really important that you make decisions with as much data as possible and you can't make decisions about data that you don't know. So I I'm a big believer in evaluating everything. 
So if you're coming to see me or most fertility clinics, you can bet the male partner, if it's a heterosexual couple, is going to get a semen analysis. That is going to be part of what is happening. So why do we do a semen analysis? Why do you have to do multiple of them? Why do they change? The interesting thing about men is that your sperm are constantly regenerated. So men have germ cells inside their testes, and that is where sperm is produced. Unlike women who are born with a set number of eggs and then just lose eggs over time, men just grow new sperm. So this is one seemingly unfair because a man may have had a prior behavior that wasn't so great, but he's going to have totally new sperm a couple years from then. But two, it also means that sperm are very sensitive because they're like brand new babies. They're just being developed. They're very sensitive to their environment. And three, sperm can change. So if you come to me telling me that your partner has a five-year-old with another person, that's great. That doesn't make any difference to me because his sperm count now may be drastically different because it regenerates about every 90 days. This process is called spermatogenesis. And if we want to be specific, it's about 70 days from the spermatocyte, like the baby stage, until sperm is ready to be transported in the sperm stage as we know it. And then it's another 12 to 21 days for transport from the testes to the ejaculatory duct. And that transport happens in the epididymis. So when we do a semen analysis, we are looking at the ejaculated sample of sperm. We may have abnormalities based on hormone production, the body's not being stimulated to make enough sperm, environmental exposures, the body is having damage done to the sperm based on something it's exposed to, or obstruction, something that's blocking the way of the sperm. I mean, we use obstruction, right, for contraception. A vasectomy is one form of not getting pregnant. That is simply cutting the vas deferens, which is part of that ejaculatory duct. And men's brains are just like females' brains, meaning the pituitary gland makes FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, and LH, luteinizing hormone, the same hormones that are made in women. This, I think, is one of the rare times in medicine or science where the hormones are actually named for what they do in the female partner versus in a man. I just want to say for a minute that I understand I should probably be saying people because you could be a trans woman and you may have some of these male parts or vice versa. But just for simplicity for the listenership, I'm saying man, woman, as related to sex you were born with when it comes to hormones being made. So I'm not trying to be discriminatory or hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just trying to be simple as we're talking about this. So LH is a hormone luteinizing hormone that in men stimulates latex cells to make testosterone. Okay, testosterone is part of the process. As testosterone is being made, FSH is the hormone from the brain that actually stimulates two things. One, it stimulates LH receptors on latex cells. So without FSH, you can't make testosterone, but it also stimulates spermatogenesis. So it allows sperm to be made and the FSH receptors on Sertoli cells, just like in women. Testosterone, the hormone of choice from the testes, feeds back to the brain like estrogen does in women. So in a woman, FSH tells the ovaries to make estrogen when a follicle is growing. So a follicle is growing and then it makes estrogen. That estrogen feeds back to the brain and the brain sends out less FSH because it says, hey, there's already a follicle, we're doing our job. Feedback with testosterone the same. So 
FSH and LH are made. They are stimulating the body to make sperm and testosterone. Testosterone feeds back, hey, we're doing a good job. This means, as in women, if a man takes testosterone, he is going to plummet his sperm counts. Just like if a woman takes estrogen, she is going to inhibit her ovulation or her selection of the follicle because the brain's response to seeing estrogen or testosterone is to determine that that process has already been happening and it doesn't need to make more of that hormone. So taking T or taking estrogen is feedback to the brain saying, hey, you don't need to send out any FSH. We're cool right now. And that is a form Essentially, it could be a form of contraception, but I see very many men go into clinics, sometimes with doctors, sometimes with other people, and maybe they have complaints and maybe they actually have low testosterone, but they get diagnosed with low T. Maybe they have fatigue, lack of libido, difficulty with erection, and they get prescribed testosterone. And then essentially what happens is they're now feeling great because they're taking tea, but they're telling their body not to make any more sperm. And the effects of that can be profound. It can last a very long time. It may take a very long time to get sperm production back. And so the appropriate treatment, if you're trying to get pregnant or want to get pregnant in the near future, is if a man has a low testosterone or has low libido or those issues, is to actually stimulate his body to make more tea naturally. So medications that can stimulate the brain to release more FSH like Clomid or actually giving medications like gonadotropins or similar things. Okay, so I said that really early just so everybody can remember, no testosterone for men who may want to have a kid. And simple. Don't let anybody fall for that. It's really, really hard to see that in clinic because we do a semen analysis. Often nobody will tell us. Do a semen analysis, we see no sperm. And then we circle back and then it's disclosed, oh yeah, well, I was taking testosterone. And it's like a knife in the heart for me and for all fertility doctors. So when we look at this semen analysis, so let's start there. You're going to come to the clinic, you're going to get a semen analysis. This is going to be quite simple, ejaculation, so masturbation, into a cup. Sterile cup will collect the sperm and then the lab will analyze it. So most of the time you're going to get instructions before this happens. We tell patients the standard, which is you should abstain, no ejaculation, masturbation, intercourse for at least two to three days prior to the analysis. That way you have a good representative sample. One mistake is I'll often see men say, well, more is more, so I'm going to wait even longer. And then what happens is that the semen analysis has tons of dead sperm in it and it's not really reflective of what's going on. So you want to clear out the pathway, get rid of whatever may be dead, wait about two to three days, and then you're going to give your sample. The results that we get, what we're looking for is the concentration of the sperm, the motility of the sperm, and the morphology. Those are the three big factors. Now, the guidelines that we have give the 95% lower limit. So when I'm going to go over what's normal, normal is above here. The average should be significantly above here. So when I see people who have a borderline value, I'm concerned. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. 
In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Know my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. Okay. So when you give us a semen analysis, the first thing we're looking for is the color, how thick it is, viscosity, we check pH, a bunch of those things. But the first real measurable metric is the volume. So you want to have about 1.5 milliliters as the lower end of normal to make sure that you have enough of a sample. A very common thing is, hey, no, actually some of the sperm was captured outside the cup. I didn't make everything in the cup. That's important information for us to know because it may impact the rest of the parameters. If the volume is low, it may signal that something else is off, especially with volume and pH being low. Another thing that we sometimes see with low volume is that some men have something called retrograde ejaculation. Okay, so what this is, is when the sperm is actually coming out, some of it actually gets pushed back up into the bladder because, you know, the male has one, the urethra for the male is both for the bladder and for the ejaculation system. So some men have some sperm that actually go into the bladder. You can actually check a post-ejaculation urine analysis and find sperm in the urine for these guys. So if the volume is less than a milliliter and there was no, hey, I missed the cup, we should be doing a urinalysis afterward and seeing if we find sperm there. Interesting, right? The next thing we look at is the concentration. So concentration is simply the number of sperm per milliliter of ejaculate. Now, the lower end of normal is 15 million sperm per milliliter. The average, like the 50%, is closer to 73 million per milliliter. I like to think of sperm as an army because I hear people frequently say, well, it just takes one. And that is true, kind of. But really, sperm work as an army. So you need that whole army of millions of sperm putting pressure on the egg to exert enough force to crack it open and let that one winning sperm in. So conception rates with severely low sperm called oligospermia, so very low concentration, they are very low. They're not zero unless it's azoospermia. 
Azoospermia means no sperm at all. This happens in about 1% of all men, but in about 10 to 15% of infertile men. So that's a whole different ballgame. Azoospermia can be two different reasons. The body is not making sperm, such things as taking testosterone or that hypothalamic pituitary testy axis, something is off in those hormones, or there's an obstruction. There's a physical blockage. If you have a vasectomy and then go get a semen analysis, you're looking for azoospermia. And so this can happen post-vasectomy reversal. There can be scarring, so it may not be a successful procedure. Or it can also happen with congenital bilateral absence of the vas deferens, CBAVD, which is often seen in cystic fibrosis carriers. And so we want to see, is it obstructive or is it non-obstructive? So maybe there was just testicular damage, mumps, like a prior mumps infection. Maybe it's early testicular failure, exposure to chemotherapy. Maybe it's hormonal, like taking testosterone. So concentration is a very important value. The lower it is, the harder it is to get pregnant. And you will see us often recommend IVF or in vitro fertilization, where we can put sperm and egg very close together or even crack open an egg and put one sperm inside. For mild levels, IUI or intrauterine insemination may be an option, but not for severe levels. So most of us consider IUI to be appropriate or at least an option, depending on the female partner situation, if the total modal sperm is over 10 million. So that's a calculation of volume times sperm concentration times motility. And if it's lower than that, you should not do IUI. Also, with an isolated concentration or motility issue, IUI is more reasonable, not good for an abnormal morphology. So I'm going to circle back on those. But couples with isolated teratospermia or an abnormal morphology, IVF may be and is the best option. So that's concentration. Motility is the next factor that is looked at with a semen analysis. So for motility, the lowest end of normal is 40%. You want to see at least 40% of the sperm moving in the ejaculate with over 60% being more average. And the probability of being pregnant increases the more modal sperm that there is. Poorly modal sperm can be seen for a lot of reasons. A prolonged abstinence period. There could be an infection in the time frame where that sperm was grown. There could be environmental exposures. There could be a partial obstruction. There could be a varicocele. So motility is more of an environment, whether it's the physical environment or the actual environment, like infection exposures. So motility is developed as those sperm are matured. The next factor is morphology. Morphology is the shape of sperm. I mean, those of us in science love morphology because we are taught from a young age, structure equals function. So if the structure of the sperm is off, the function is expected to be off as well. And what is a sperm's function? Its function is to swim through the reproductive system, fertilize an egg, and keep the DNA intact. It keeps DNA in its head. It has a little body and a big tail. And that's what it does. And so morphology is saying, if our structure is off, do we really think the sperm can do the function that it's supposed to do? That's a really important question. And these sperm can be crazy. There can be two heads, a tiny head, a pear-shaped head, two tails, a tiny tail, a long tail. And these abnormalities will impact the ability of the sperm surely to swim in a straight line, but also to do those other jobs like fertilization. 
The confusing thing for the consumer or the patient is that different labs use different type of grading criteria to determine morphology. The best labs use what's called Kruger strict morphology, and you want to have at least 4% normal there. However, some labs use an old WHO mechanism, and so what may be low on that may be different than a lab that's using a Kruger. So you really got to look at the normal reference ranges and talk to your ordering provider about what it means. We see decreased pregnancy rates with men in abnormally shaped sperm between 0 to 3%. 4 the lowest end of normal. Average, 15%, even on the strict morphology. So what we're seeing there is your treatment options is you could consider IUI based on the whole parameter or... IVF is going to be the highest rates of success. I really hate seeing people told that a semen analysis is normal except for an abnormal morphology and go on carrying their time, wasting their time, trying naturally for longer and longer and longer. Again, it doesn't mean all your sperm are abnormal. It doesn't mean pregnancy cannot happen. But when pregnancy rates drop to about 1% to 2% per month, that's close to zero. It's not zero, but that means how long is it going to take you to get that win? It could be this month or it could be in months from now. We just don't know. Morphology is either intrinsic. This is just how the testes is formed and how the sperm develop or is environmental. So you'll sometimes see recommendations for vitamins like antioxidants, things like vitamin E, vitamin C, L-arginine, L-carnitine, zinc, selenium recommended for men, even coenzyme Q10. So when you start hearing about male sperm vitamins, that's what's in the category. We also see excess exposure to heat. So things that are actually going to cause a lot of heat to the testes area. Outdoor cycling for a prolonged period of time, motorcycle riding, frequent hot tub or sauna use. Those are some of the top offenders. We also think environmental exposures like smoking cigarettes. We're starting to see abnormalities in sperm parameters, especially with chronic use of marijuana, heavy alcohol consumption, obesity, high sugar in the diet. So we can't ignore the role that the environment of which you're growing sperm is growing in. And like I said previously, a known one is infection. So even with COVID right now, we're seeing a drop in sperm counts in men who've had a recent COVID infection. It is looking like they are returning after recovery because sperm regenerates. But the caution sign is that some infections, mumps is a great example, actually cause testicular damage and atrophy. And those men had infertility, permanent testicular damage after getting mumps. So COVID is yet unidentified as something that causes testicular failure. We don't have that data, but we do see a drop in sperm count. So if you're actively trying to get pregnant, that would be a huge concern. It could delay your time to pregnancy. We do not have any data that the COVID vaccine does that. So putting that out there. Last couple of things I want to say about the semen analysis. One thing that may get noted is round cells. Round cells can either be a high prevalence of immature cells or germ cells, or they can be white blood cells. You will frequently see if there's a high reported level of round cells, recommended treatment with an anti-inflammatory medication and antibiotics just to cover the basics. But that is something that may be reported. Okay, and male age. Male age does play a role as well. So an increase in paternal age does start to have a decrease in pregnancy rates. We see longer time to pregnancy, but usually not until the man is over 45 or 50. So he has a longer stage to get to this advanced age than women start to exhibit. Increased paternal age is associated with 
chromosome abnormalities in the sperm, increase in DNA fragmentation, so that DNA that's supposed to be kept safe inside the sperm's head gets all jumbled around, increase in birth defects, certain genetic mutations, certain things like a higher prevalence of schizophrenia and autism. And we see that men start to go through a male menopause at some time where their body starts not making as many androgens or testosterone and see a drop in their sperm parameters. So that does happen to men as well. It is just at an older age. I see couples all the time who say, why does the normal infertility evaluation for the female partner include blood testing, ultrasound, and then evaluation of anatomy like fallopian tubes in the inside of the uterus? And the man just has to give a semen analysis. It seems unfair. The truth is that the semen analysis tells us a lot about how a male's body is functioning. Tells us about the anatomy. Is there an open ejaculatory system? Are things developing normally? Tells us about hormones and about exposures. And so that semen analysis gives us a lot of information. If it's all normal, then the sperm's not playing a role here. So that's reassuring. When it's abnormal, we should be talking about what do these abnormalities mean? Are there lifestyle changes that we should do? Are there medications or supplements we can take? Is there treatment that can help that particular factor? And we have to remember that IVF or in vitro fertilization is the gold standard for lots of male factor. That's not the only treatment, and sometimes it's not possible. In azoospermia, that's due to failure of production, not due to obstruction. There may be no sperm to get to fertilize. So even in some cases of male factor, IVF is not even a choice and donor sperm is the option to get pregnant. So I hope this information helped. Everybody's been asking for a breakdown on male infertility. This is the easiest way I can think of it because this is how I break this down to my patients. So number one, if your doctor's recommending a semen analysis, good, they're doing the right thing. Number two, you should understand what the results mean. Are follow-up tests indicated? Is there something else that needs to be done? Or is this just what it is and you need to maybe go to more advanced treatment sooner? If you have male factor questions, I'm going to be putting up a question box on Instagram and doing a YouTube on it soon. So stay tuned so you can learn more. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Natalie Crawford MD. Check out the YouTube channel, Natalie Crawford MD. Thanks, friends.